0: Hello, I'm Shirley Ballas, and welcome to Rewirement, the retirement podcast from Legal & General. We'd always planned to launch our series today, but whilst we've been recording, just like everyone else, we've had to find new ways of doing things with the coronavirus outbreak. In our new series, we'll still be exploring what it means to retire in today's world and how this can be an opportunity to reset, reinvent, and rewire. Planning for retirement is a long-term game with great rewards at the end of it. And making the move from work to retirement is not something anyone likes to do with a bump. But for many, the current coronavirus pandemic has caused uncertainty and raised unexpected questions. There have been plenty of headlines about changes in the stock market and pension values. But it's time to cut through the worry and take a measured look at what really is going on. I want to help you feel in control of the future and put your mind and mine at rest. So we've made this special episode to help you deal with the urgent questions many of you are asking. I'm joined by the experts from Legal & General. We have Chris Knight, CEO of Retail Retirement and Sarah McLeish, CEO of Financial Advice and Holly Mackay of Boring Money it's here to make sense of it all too. How are you all adapting to the situation? As, as, as best
1: we can, I think, yeah.
0: I've got two young children in the house. It's the homeschooling that's driving
2: me nuts.
3: Yep, same here. I have a five and a seven-year-old at home, so the, the school are doing a, a brilliant job, but, um, yeah, like every other family, you just have to do your best, and multitasking across... You know, teaching, cleaning, running businesses and I've, I've started up a hairdressing salon now as well, so <laughs> Covid cuts we call it. Yeah. Well it can't
0: last forever, eh? Chris and Sarah, before we get into all the detail, what's your view to anyone looking at a change in their pension right now?
1: Well Shirley, look, um, this coronavirus has filled our life with a lot of, you know, uncertainty and angst. Um you know, people might have looked at their pension funds and, and seen a bit of a drop. And, and that's not a, you know, a fun thing to have to do, obviously not to have to see. Now, and people, you know, you might have quite a few different types of pension uh, arrangements and you probably need to get them all together in one place and have a look and see what, what they really are. Um, get all the facts because some pensions come with really valuable, important guarantees, for example. And you should really think through and take advice, get yourself informed on what to do with those, especially. You know, you don't have to, you know, necessarily do anything. I'm not saying stop, uh, but take your time, think about what's important to you in your life and get yourself informed before you act. And as we always say, uh, you must shop around to get the best deal for yourselves.
3: Yeah, well, I I agree with Chris. I mean, pensions and, and most investments, for that matter, they're they're designed for the long term, for for a marathon, not a sprint. So if you can postpone making any big decisions about your pension savings, then that's that's got to be a good thing. But if you do need to access your, understand your options or access your pension more urgently, then I'd really recommend speaking to a financial advisor if you don't have one. Um, Ask your friends if anyone can recommend one um, or failing that, visit unbiased.co.uk, which is a website that shows all of the regulated advisors in your local area.
0: We're being asked lots of questions around retirement planning at the moment. I'm going to sort these questions so we can talk about everyone's different needs. We've got people asking questions who are post-retirement, people just about to retire, and people who are a little way off, let's quickly explain some of the terms we're going to be discussing today. Chris, what are dividends, drawdowns, and annuities?
1: Yeah, thanks, Shirley. I mean, yeah, these things can all be a bit confusing uh, to get separated out in one's in one's mind. Um, now, look, a dividend is is generally an income that you receive if you're the owner of a share in a company, if you're if equity, if you like. Um, and and most companies pay their dividends out once or twice uh, a year, and most companies uh, aim most of the time to maintain those dividends or even grow them over time, but but they're not guaranteed, and the dividends can be cut or even or even stopped, and, and we've seen quite a lot of that uh, from companies in this you know, in this current crisis. Now drawdown. That's a bit different. Um, That's when you uh, create income for yourself by drawing down money from your pension fund. Usually, that's when you're in retirement, and it's great flexibility because you can draw down, you know, how much you want, when you want. But of course, obviously, once you've drawn it, once it's gone, uh, it's gone. With drawdown, you usually um, sort of benefit or uh, at peril from the ups and downs of the market. And obviously, when when it's up, it's 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 good and it feels good. But when it falls, then the amount that uh, you can take or you might be able to take as future income from that pot as a future drawdown income can reduce as well an annuity is usually an income that you you buy from an insurance company and the most common type of annuity is one that pays you every month or every year uh, for as long as you live it's not flexible but it is guaranteed it's guaranteed both by the insurance company itself uh, and there 's a statutory uh backup guarantee behind that as well. You can buy an annuity that pays an income to your to your family your loved ones even after you 've passed away and you can also get what we call fixed term annuities. And, and that's a product which pays an income for a period of time and then maybe a lump sum at the end. And that is a bit more flexible with respect to sort of uh, encashment options. And then you can change your mind, and do something else with the money that you get at the end. At the end. So hopefully that's a kind of good separation of those three different uh, important concepts.
0: Okay. Sarah, what are lifetime mortgages?
3: Yes, so lifetime mortgages, um, a much misunderstood term. Lifetime mortgages are a type of equity release. So these are products that allow you to release tax-free cash or equity from your home without having to move out of it. So you can take that cash or that equity as one big lump sum Or you can take it as a series of lump sums as and when it suits you. So you may wish to take one lump sum now to buy a new car, another lump sum in two or three years time to to do up your kitchen and so on. And with some of the products now on the market, you can also take that cash or equity as a monthly income. So you could top up your monthly income by say £150, £200 a month. These lifetime mortgages or equity release schemes, they're usually repaid from the sale of your home after the last borrower or the last last member of a couple or a household passes away or moves into a care home. And at that point, the money that is owed is essentially the total amount of equity that you've released, plus any interest that you've built up or rolled up, as we say, over the lifetime of that loan, these products, the good thing about them is that they now come with a very broad range of safeguards, and they have done, in fact, for many years. One of these is something called the no negative equity guarantee, and that means that you can never owe more money than the value of your property. And
0: what's just for my interest, what's the percentage that they charge you for when your equity release? So, if you take money out your house, what do you, what's generally the percentage you're paying back
3: it varies. It varies hugely. The interest rates can vary according to your the your property value, the amount of money that you're trying to release from it, which we call the the loan to value um, ratio. But on average, interest rates at the moment can be anywhere between three and five percent. So not dissimilar from um, a kind of standard residential mortgage. Okay, thank you.
0: Okay that's the jargon busted let's start with a few general questions Holly you're the CEO of the financial website Boring Money you must be getting a lot of questions right now if someone is strapped for cash because lockdown has resulted in them losing work what should they prioritize first
2: Yes Shirley I mean we're getting loads of questions and there's an unprecedented use of the word unprecedented at the moment um really at the risk of stating the bleeding obvious if someone's lost their job and they're strapped for cash the first thing to look at is cutting costs There are some practical things we can all do. Switching utility bills can save a couple of hundred pounds a year. Checking your direct debits and your standing orders. These can really rack up and accumulate. So so go in and make sure you need all of those. Things like insurance renewals, you know, don't just take the first deal you're offered shop around. The next thing is debt. Uh, You know, debt, I think my analogy is it can be a bit like fat. You can have Good debt and you can have bad debt. Um, The bad debt, the sort of saturated fat of the financial world, are things like payday loans, credit cards, uh, store cards. Those are typically things with really high interest rates, and we have to focus on on paying those off first. Um, You can explore transferring a credit card um, on a 0% plan transferring that over. The last thing is obviously mortgage holidays. There are some many sort of mortgage providers willing to talk to people and and postpone or delay mortgage payments. So those are the sort of most obvious areas I'd start.
0: Just learned a lot there. (laughs) Should someone in that position stop paying into their pension for a while? They
2: could. I mean, these are odd times and normally Shirley I'd almost never suggest someone stops paying into the pension. Now pensions are confusing and they're full of jargon but actually what a pension gives you is some free money and that doesn't always come across. If you're a basic rate taxpayer and you stick £80 into a pension the government will top that up by £20 and this is sort of quite often not so well understood. If you're a higher rate taxpayer it can be even more. So I think turning your back on a pension just because it's full of jargon and it could feel a long time away is quite often a bad move. What I would say though is we have to be practical We can only spend the money we have coming in. And if, as I've mentioned before, there is that debt lurking, those bad debts, those expensive debts, then for heaven's sakes, you know, we all have to prioritise getting rid of those first. So normally I'd hang on to the pension, you know, because it does give you a really good way to turbocharge your savings. But if there is expensive debt, then we have to get rid of that first.
0: What's going on with company pension schemes when employees are furloughed?
2: Yeah, this is another sort of confusing area. But the bottom line is, if you've been furloughed, your boss still has to pay your national insurance contributions and your pension contributions. Now, at the moment, if you've got a workplace pension, the law says that your employer has to pay 3% on what's called your qualifying earnings. So just to give you an indicator, if you're earning £30,000 a year, then your boss will be paying in about £60 a month for you. So do check it out, but it's really important that people know that they are still entitled for those pension um, payments, even if they've been furloughed.
0: As the stock market has gone down, is now a good time for people to be putting more into their pension pot If they can afford to?
2: Yeah, this one's really counterintuitive. It feels frightening at the moment. But I always think, you know, when the Daily Mail splashes the headlines out there about stock markets crashing, it's actually a really good time to think about investing or to pay more into your pension. Now, it depends on timing, as always, I wouldn't say that to someone in their 90s, they have very different timeframes to younger people. But my analogy here is, you know, when we're investing in things for the long term, um, when do we think about buying them? So if you're thinking about making an investment for your home, I kind of like Le Creuset cookware. It's really lovely, but it's horrendously expensive. Do you buy it when it's full price or do you wait till January and buy it when it's in the sale? And in a way, that's how I think about the stock market at the moment. There's some really brilliant brands out there that will recover from this, things will kind of come back to normal. And now is a chance to sort of invest more in your pension or your ISAs and get access to those investments when they're on sale. So don't necessarily freak out when you see sort of headlines about lower stock markets. It can be a great time um, to access fantastic companies at lower prices.
0: Let's bring in Chris and Sarah with a few questions for those people who are approaching retirement age. Chris, for someone who is planning on retiring next year, should they be putting this off if the value of their pension fund has fallen?
1: Well, Shirley, I think there's perhaps two aspects to this. The one is when people should stop working and retiring. And the other one is when they might want to access their pension funds. So on the first one, I know lots of people have have been having mixed emotions about wanting to carry on. I've heard people who were intending never to retire have decided, no, actually, I've I've had enough of this. I want to. I want to retire. For many people, uh, working part time uh, can be a really good uh, good option, and we can see lots more people doing this. You know, you can help boost your pension pot. You help some money going further. You're not spending so much if you're if you're still working. Um, so that can really work for some people. And so the second part is your when to access your pension pot. You know, it is scary when you see the headlines in the in the, in the in the papers. People should just check their pension pots because they may not have fallen just as much as they as they. That they fear, especially if they've been in a more of a life stage, life stage or a life cycle uh, fund, where you know they would have been in safer assets and not not just in, in equity. So they have uh, people have lots of options, um, and they just have to give themselves some time and space to to consider those options before before acting.
0: With all this uncertainty, would buying an annuity be a good or bad option at the moment?
1: Annuities can offer people you know real security and certain uh, uncertainty in these times which is obviously very valuable i think there's often a misconception here you don't have to take all of your pension money and buy an annuity and you might just take a part of it and and use that to to to, to generate income that sort of meets meets your essential spending requirements uh, and then so sort of once you've done that of course you've met your special essential spending requirements you can be a bit sort of freer and easier with the money that you have left and we, we always say to people that they must shop around to make sure they get the best deal the other thing people perhaps don't know is that if you're not in such great health, then you can actually get a much better deal from an annuity provider, a much higher level of income than if you were very healthy. And Some people think it's kind of the other way around, but for annuities, that's, that's how it works. So particularly, uh, it's important when you consider buying an annuity, you think about your health uh, and you make sure you tell your advisor and um, the insurance provider about that so you can actually get a great deal. So. So I think annuities, be they lifetime annuities for the rest of your life or fixed term annuities for a period of time, they, they can be a really good option for at least part of your money, money if you shop around and make sure you get the best deal for yourself.
0: Sarah, with returns on retirement plans being low at the moment, wouldn't it be better to take your pension in cash and stick it in the bank?
3: Well, Shirley, as Chris said earlier, um, when markets are uncertain, there's a, a huge temptation to switch your money into cash, and that's a very, a very human reaction. But of course, savings deposit rates are at an all-time low at the moment, where the with the Bank of England interest rates um, being at this this new level, and more importantly, there is, as we said earlier, a risk that you then lock in any potential losses that at the moment only really exist on paper or on a computer screen. And if you do lock in those losses, then you've forgotten the opportunity to allow your investments any time to recover um, when markets go back up as they, as they eventually will. As we said earlier, pensions are designed for the long term. They are designed as a long term investment. But if you do need to take money from your pension, if you do need to make that decision more urgently, then one thing I would say is it's really important to be up to speed with the tax rules on withdrawing money from a pension. So as most of us know, pensions allow you to take up to 25% of your pension pot tax-free. So if you have a pension pot of £100,000, say, you can take £25,000 of that with no tax bill whatsoever. But the remaining £75,000 will be subject to tax at what we call your highest marginal rate. So that may be 20% if you're a basic taxpayer, 40% or even 45%. The numbers are slightly different in Scotland, 21, 41 and 46%. So if you were to take a large amount or even the whole amount of that pension pot, then you could, take a, you could face a much higher tax bill... Than if you simply took smaller amounts over a longer period, so as always, really important to take advice and to understand those tax implications
0: that's interesting twenty five percent tax free, but on the other seventy five percent you're taxed at whatever bracket yes. you're at right now, right so if I'm in a high tax bracket i'm I have to pay that tax. <laughs> So that comes Absolutely. off your pension. Point. Interesting.
3: Absolutely. And if you took, if you took your, if you did have a hundred thousand pounds and you took it all in one go, then that could push you into a higher tax bracket than you've potentially ever been in before. If you've always been a basic rate taxpayer, so quite a lot to think about, and lots of great free sources of in, um, information out there, like pensions wise, that will explain more carefully.
1: And boring money as well.
3: And boring money, of course, of course.
0: (laughs) Sarah, if someone is in, say, their early 60s and has seen their income reduced due to the COVID-19 situation and they now think they won't be able to pay their mortgage off before they retire... Is there anything they can do other than sell?
3: Well, Shirley, what I would say is to anybody who does find themselves in that situation, your first port of call should be your current mortgage provider. So you will have seen in the news that mortgage providers are being asked by the government to provide mortgage payment holidays. So speak to your mortgage provider, understand what relief is available to you before you before you do anything else. The challenge, of course, with downsizing or selling up at the moment is, of course, that the housing market has ground to something of a halt. It will, of course, come back, but the timeline for buying and selling houses at the moment has extended considerably. Um, So if, if, if you do need to, if you are in that situation, if moving out isn't an option for you at the moment, if you aren't able to access some form of relief from your, your mortgage provider, then of course, equity release could be an option to consider. There are also now some equity release products on the markets where you can pay off the interest on these loans every month so that it doesn't build up in over time. So it behaves rather like a traditional mortgage product. But as the term lifetime mortgage suggests, These products are designed for a lifetime. They're designed for the long term. So they should never be seen as short term fixes or ways of getting yourself out of a short term problem. They do require really careful consideration and they should always be taken alongside expert advice. All right, let's talk about older
0: homeowners. Where do you stand if we're planning on downsizing? The housing market is pretty much frozen at the moment, so these people can't move any time soon.
3: So again, Shirley, as we said with, with pensions, if you can ride this out, if you can wait, if you can postpone that big decision about downsizing, then that's got to be the best thing to do. So try and try and ride this out, wait until the housing market recovers, and if you do want to downsize, then try and postpone that decision if you possibly can. Now, moving on to some questions from people who have already retired. If
0: someone is drawing their pension income through an investment portfolio, their income will be affected as shares and dividends have fallen. Do people need to revisit their plans and the income they are taking from their pension pot?
3: Yes, Shirley, now is absolutely the time to revisit those retirement plans, but perhaps not in the way that you think. What we often see is that in times of uncertainty, people draw more income from their pension drawdown fund because they're seeing their investments fluctuate. But in fact, they should actually be doing the opposite. As we said earlier, it's really important to allow your investments time to recover to avoid locking in some of those losses. And as I also said before, it's so important at this time to take really good advice. If you don't have an advisor, as I said, do go to unbiased.co.uk to find a regulated advisor in your local area. Makes me feel really grateful for my financial advisor, by the way. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Learning so much. Okay, absolutely. Holly, anything you'd like to add there? I think the
2: bottom line is at the moment, if you can avoid it, Try not to sell. Try not to take money out of your pension. You know, is there any other cash you have that you can use? Can you use your state pension? Is there any other rental income? Anything down the back of the sofa, just anything you can do to try and not um, sell at the moment when prices are at rock bottom, because all you're doing then is locking in losses. So try and sit tight and look to other income sources if you possibly can.
0: Now let's talk about people who are retired and bought an annuity with their pension funds. A lot of people choose this option because they want the security of a regular income. But is this likely to be affected too? Chris, what do you think?
1: Well, Shelley, this is quite an easy one to answer. Um, so if you have uh, an annuity uh, and you have an income coming through, that is guaranteed. So that that is the benefit. So it doesn't matter... About the performance of the stock market, or the performance of financial markets, or the economy, uh, that money is gar- is guaranteed, and that's you know why we think for some people they they're a great option in, in in times of uncertainty like these.
0: Nobody likes to think the worst, but some people have asked what happens to pension payments from an annuity if they die.
1: Well, that's a great question. Uh, Yeah, I agree. It's not much of a fun topic to talk about, is it? Um, I think people people need to check with their providers. So if you're receiving an annuity that's come from a defined benefit, so maybe a company scheme, a pension scheme, often these come with uh, what's called spouse benefits. So the pension does carry on, or maybe two thirds of the pension carries on after the sort of main pension owner, if you like, passes away, uh, so it's good to, good to check and make sure you understand that. If you have an individual annuity, then you, at the time you bought it, you would have chosen there are various options that you can you can take. So, if you're about to buy an annuity, you know, um, which is a perfectly a sensible thing to do, to be thinking about doing at this at this point, then you should be checking out uh, what those options are. So, many annuities you can buy with a spouse benefit, as I say, or that pays to your 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 spouse, your children, or somebody else. Uh, uh, annuity uh, keeps paying after you've. Passed away either a, a lump sum or, or for a period of time, and so that's of, often an option that, that that we would encourage people to, to to consider.
0: If someone's not quite at retirement age but worries that something like coronavirus could happen again, are they better off just putting their pension money into a savings account?
1: Well, this is um, a really difficult one. I guess if you put your money into a savings account, on about. February the 15th this year, you would now be feeling quite smoke in that you've avoided all the the losses. Normal wisdom, conventional wisdom in the market is that over the long run, having your money in a savings account isn't, isn't the best thing to do. If you just think about inflation, for example, you know, savings accounts, interest rates are very, very low. You know, 1, 0.1% would be a good rate for a savings account at this point. Uh, over time, inflation does eat away at the value of that, uh, of, of that cash. So, you know, conventional wisdom says, no, not, not, not a savings account. But um, obviously, these are difficult, difficult times. That's not what I would be doing. But, but people have to sort of make their own minds and, and get good advice, as we always say.
0: So not in a savings account, then where? Well,
1: I think, um, you know, if you're brave, and, and Holly was talking about this uh, earlier, you could say, well, stock markets have fallen. Uh, this is a great buy- buying opportunity. I, I think... Um, if you're if you're some years away from retirement, I think that's that's probably what you would do as you get nearer to retirement, then your pension provider, your savings scheme will have lots of different options that you could take The more balanced view of things. So I think uh, if you're sort of in your 50s and in the early 60s, then again, personally, it's a personal choice. Um, I, th- I think a more balanced, uh, slightly lower risk um, uh, funds. That's something to do actually. Uh, many companies, many providers, you can go on the website and get this as well, help you, uh, you know, have some, some questions and a quiz if you like, to help you understand for yourself your risk appetite. You know, how do you feel uh, when stock markets fall? Uh, does that really stress you out? You know, are you likely then to sort of fall into a trap that, that Holly was talking about earlier, about sort of selling when prices are low, uh, rather than being able to hang on until things recover? So that sort of risk appetite and risk tolerance you know, is a very personal thing for people.
2: Holly, anything you'd like to add there? I, for me, I think there's just, when we think about risk... We don't like risk. We associate risk with, with doing silly things, with bad outcomes for our family. And so suddenly when we're in a financial environment and people talk to us about risk, a lot of us just turn our backs on it and say, that doesn't sound like a good idea. I've worked hard for my money. I don't want to take any risk. But it comes down to timeframes, Shirley. And for anyone that's saving up for the future and has got more than 10 years of um, on their side before they're going to need their money you know why why would you leave it sitting in cash when interest rates are up historic lows your money's going backwards almost so you know for me if I'm talking to people if they've got long time frames on their hands then I think actually it's risky not to look at the stock market because you know your money's going to sit in cash and frankly do stuff all over the long term. Technical term
1: there, Chris stuff all <laughs> no i agree I agree with you if it's it, the, if you 're ten, fifteen, twenty years away from retirement, I think i one hundred percent agree with you. Um, I think the challenge really is for people that are you know two, three, four years away from from retirement um, I think first of all, as we 've said. It may not be as bad as you fear, as people fear from the from the headlines. When they look at their actual pension funds, they may not have come down anywhere near as much because they may have been already in more of a balanced portfolio. But it's for them, it's, it's you know, what's the right thing to do now when you're feeling under pressure to do something um, and helping people navigate through that to try and separate out what they can do, what they perhaps ought to avoid um, is, is, is what we're all about, isn't it? It's what you're, you're about and your website. It's what we're all about.
0: Holly, some people are in a fortunate situation and have continued to work from home during lockdown. That has meant that they have saved quite a bit without paying for travel, not buying their morning coffee and lunch, no weekend outings. Should they use this money to pay some extra off their mortgage or top up their pension?
2: Uh, this is a really hard question, Shirley. It's, it's a bit like asking... I think who should win strictly and by the way I'm still outraged that Kareem didn't win last year (laughs) the answer is is personal to you it depends on circumstances age preference but if you think back to earlier I talked about financial good fat and bad fat you know mortgages are typically good fat interest rates are very low and they're a sensible part of someone's financial plan now if you think about pensions People have got to remember that when you pay in, you get free extra top-ups from the government. If you're a basic rate taxpayer, you pay in £80. Bing, the Chancellor waves his magic wand and another £20 appears. So that's that's extremely compelling. There are also contributions from your employer too. So on balance, I'm in the pension camp, but, and there's always a but, That money is locked away. Once you pay it into a pension, you can plead, weep and wail, but you cannot get that money out until you're at least 55. So it comes with that but. But if you've got time on your side, then I would always typically favour a pension just simply because you get those extra top ups from the government. And you don't often, Shirley, get free extra top ups from the government. I appreciate there are lots of terms and conditions and saying free money can be fraught with legal risk, I'm sure.
0: (laughs) I'm learning a lot. I want to thank you all, I can't tell you. It's just made me completely rethink I'm turning 60 and you have made me rethink this whole project.
1: There you go. Secret to happy life.
0: Here's hoping that's answered a lot of the questions you have about the impact the current coronavirus pandemic might have on your retirement. You can find out more about retirement planning at legalandgeneral.com retirement. This episode was a special one-off, but this series, Rewirement, is all about helping you plan ahead and get the most out of retirement. So although you might have more pressing day-to-day worries at the moment, hopefully the tips and information in this podcast will help you focus on a brighter future ahead. Next time, we'll be getting to know the inspiring rewirees who are looking to the future and sharing their hopes for their later years. Subscribe on your podcast listening platform and make sure you don't miss this. I'm Shirley Ballas, and I'll catch up with you next time.